Welcome to the Cheapskate Show, everybody. Today on the podcast, $1,000 smartphones are not worth the money. Or are they? Spoiler alert, they're not. We're going to dive into the pros and cons of cheaper phones so you can figure out exactly which features you need and how much you don't need to spend. Plus, Amazon is already trotting out early Black Friday deals. Ugh, I know. But don't worry, we've got some inside scoop on that for you. I'm Rick Broida, CNET Senior Commerce Editor, but better known as the Cheapskate. Joining me, as always, is a man who does the worst French accent in the history of French accents, Dave Le Johnson Johnson. <laughs> Bonjour, Rick. It is a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, I just threw you that little curveball because <laughs> people who were not listening earlier didn't know that you tried to do a French accent. It's just, it's awful. It's so awful. I am very <laughs> proud of my French accent. I'd say that my improv classes are really paying off. <laughs> so, Dave, let's move on to some news items. Uh, Prime Day is in the rear view. Thank goodness, because. Too yeah, much. I, th I thought it was going to kill us all, actually. <laughs> Well, it didn't help that Apple trotted out the new iPhones on the same day as Prime Day. That was just cruel. But well, thank we got goodness it. there are no more sales for months. We're done with sales, right? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so, of course, the next big thing is Black Friday slash Cyber Monday, which, interestingly, I've been hearing from all of some some pundits, some analysts who think that this year's Black Friday and Cyber Monday will be somehow a shell of their former selves. They, they are wrong. They have to make headlines, are... so they're just making stuff up. That has no bearing on reality. Well, I, I have to agree with you in disagreeing with them because I think that if anything, Black Friday will set – well, it sets a record every year uh, and has, I think, consistently for the last many years. But I think this year will be no different. In fact, it might even be bigger this year because people can't go to stores or are going to stores less. So I know there's been some concerns about product availability because the demand will be so great that everything's going to sell out or whatever. Uh, but – I keep hearing Black Friday is going to be no big deal this year, but no, no, not true at all. It's just going to be longer. It's going to start now and go all the way through the end of November. Yeah, we've got this thing that Amazon is doing right now called Holiday Dash, which to my mind means they're simply creating this continuous stream of sales that runs from Prime Day all the way through to New Year's. There's going to be an uninterrupted string of sales. Yes, but to the not-so-casual observer, this is really just kind of their daily deals thing that they run all year round. It's just rebranded. They're just calling it Holiday Dash now. Now, there may be a few things in here that are different or new or whatever, but for the most part, it's the same stuff that we see kind of all day, every day. So I would advise people who are looking at this Holiday Dash page on Amazon to just not get, like, crazy excited. Like, oh, my God, Holiday Dash. I got to check it every day. That That's true. You're probably right. But I've seen some things that look like genuinely good deals. Like right now, this moment as we're recording, which is Sunday before the episode drops, I noticed that there is a bidet attachment, uh, a bio bidet attachment for $25. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. No, I've seen those all the Are time. Are they even that's, better? I, I've seen I've seen them as low as 20. I mean, I'm just, I, I really feel like oh, this well, is a lot of Oh, well, excuse me. I didn't, I'm not as fancy as you. I don't see, I, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm tempted to make another bidet pun, but I won't do that. So just as an example, one of the things I'm looking at right now is there's a 23andMe Ancestry kit that's normally $99. It's on sale for, Dave, hold on to your hats, $89. You know, it's $10 well, okay. off. Like, Obviously, that's a terrible deal. They, You can get them for $50 uh, routinely through the yes. year. Yes. Yes, exactly right. Don't get overly excited about that, everybody. The other thing I'll mention is that, of course, now that Prime Day is done, the field is clear for all the other stores to really step up and start doing their own early Black Friday, Black November, the whole rigmarole thing. So Best Buy and Walmart and Target and Kohl's and just all the big retailers uh, are going to start trotting out their sales. And we will, of course, do our best to separate the wheat from the chaff in amongst all of that, but just hold on to your hats because it's going to be a month of that stuff. All right, everybody, let's go on to the main event here and talk about phones. This is a such a different conversation that we're having now than I think even we would have had five years ago. Uh, the landscape has so, so changed. First of all, I want to ask you, Dave, what kind of phone do you, are you using right now? I have last year's top-of-the-line iPhone, so I'm using the 11 Pro Max. Okay, so that's a pretty high-end phone. <laughs> yeah, what is the way that I can spend literally the most money possible on a phone? And that appeared <laughs> yeah. to be the answer. And you found it. Okay. And did you buy it outright or did you get it as far as part of like a carrier contract plan type of thing? I, I do the Apple deal. So I pay $50 a month, but I can upgrade every year if I choose to. Okay. So you're kind of financing it through Apple and then you get the option. But that doesn't include service, of course. You still get service kind of right. elsewhere yes. separately. Okay. All right. I mean, I think that's actually a pretty good way to go if you want to be able to have the latest and greatest model and not have to be out of pocket, you know, for the full amount up front. I'm actually questioning the, the wisdom of that decision right now, though, because the iPhone 12 is so incredibly boring that it is not worth upgrading to, in my humble opinion. So I'm going to skip the year. So the fact that I'm essentially, as you say, financing the phone through Apple is maybe not the best decision for this particular model year. <laughs> so just full disclosure, we, we teased this a little bit, I think, last week. I am also an iPhone user and have been since the start. I just prefer it. It's not a question of which platform is better, which used to be a really fun argument to have. I've used any number of I, uh, Android phones in the past. I just like iOS better, even as terrible as it continues to get with every iteration <laughs> of ios it's getting worse and worse all the time but i'm not I sure i agree like with that exactly but yeah i right now at this very moment i have four different android phones on my desk and the iphone and so i could switch to an android phone at any moment but i prefer the iphone it's not that one is better than the other but i just prefer the way the iphone works <laughs> Yeah, I, it's funny. I, there, there, I know that there have been studies about this, why people do gravitate to one platform or another, you know, and there's like, I just think it's like something in the in the brain chemistry that you're either kind of more drawn to Android or you're more drawn to iOS for whatever maybe intangible reason. And that's just how my brain is wired. But there's certainly also 
an economical consideration here as well, because as we all know, the iPhone is generally speaking the most expensive of all the phones, although there are certainly some some new exceptions to that. So what I, I thought we should do is just kind of talk about features in any phone and what's important and then really like, do you ever, is there any reason at all that you need to spend $1,000 or more on a phone because that's those are the flagship prices now whether it's Samsung or it's Apple it's a thousand bucks and up you chose to get the pro iPhone 11 pro max or whatever why why did you do that why because <laughs> i <laughs> i wanted the larger screen and i wanted the extra camera capabilities that were only in the pro max it's as simple as that so you you actually raise a great point, which I think is is a driving factor for a lot of people. You're a photographer. I mean, you you have been into photography as long as I've known you, and you right. really care a lot about image quality. And I think you just want the best camera in your pocket that you can get. Correct? It's still never going to equal my SLR. But you're right. If I'm taking pictures with my phone, which that's 90% of what you do, realistically. You want it to be the best it can possibly be. And all of the new artificial intelligence, computational photography features that are in the iPhone now just make it that much better of a deal. So I'm definitely more in the kind of like average consumer camp where, I mean, I like to take photos and video and so forth. And for me, the quality level has reached a point of good enough. And I don't mean to say that that's not good. I'm saying mediocre, the, a mediocre smartphone camera right now is an order of magnitude better than the smartphone cameras of four or five years ago. You right. know, so. And here, here's another way to think about it, I think. The camera, there's, there's a handful of features that phones have today that it doesn't matter like which model you buy and it doesn't matter whether you're buying this year's model or last year's model there's stuff like the processor it just doesn't matter they're all super fast screen size they're all super high res and the and the cameras are all really good and the analogy i would use is that today's phones are like buying a car if you were buying a car in 1934, it made a big difference whether you were getting this year's model or last year's model because they were inventing new car technology every year that made the cars better and safer. But today, it doesn't matter whether you buy the 2020 or the 2021 or the 2019. They're all basically the same. It just depends upon where they chose to put the cup holder. And it's the same thing <laughs> with phones. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I think what happens a lot of times is people get caught up in the hype. And God, Apple is so good at generating hype. Because even while I was watching the iPhone 12 launch event last week and going into it thinking there's nothing that they're going to offer me that is going to make me want this phone in any way, shape or form. At the end, I was like, well, maybe, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's the old Simpsons bit when Bart and Lisa are watching TV and they see a commercial for uh, essentially the, the Xbox or the PS4 and they're like, the new model, it's 10% faster to the max. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the average phone user, it's easy to get caught up in the hype, but what are you really using your phone Four, okay, you're using it for text messaging. You're using it to check Instagram. You're using it to watch TikTok. Hopefully, you're using it to read books from time to time. All of these kind of mainstream everyday uses, you, a $100 phone will do all of that stuff for you 
perfectly well with a nice high resolution screen, reasonably fast performance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It yeah. just begs the question of it's true, who but there needs... are features that you do need to care about. Well, okay, so name me aside. Leave the camera out for a second. Okay, name me a couple of features that justify spending more than I'm going to say two to three hundred dollars on a phone. Okay, so there's there's a few features out there. I'm going to say let's talk wireless charging. I okay. consider that table stakes now. I would not buy a phone regardless of price if it did not charge wirelessly. Okay, that that's fair. I feel like wireless charging is a nice amenity. I don't consider it essential by any means. It's Have not you ever a tried plugging a phone in to charge it? You know the effort <laughs> it takes. <laughs> I never want to have to live through those days again, Rick. All right, let me give you another one. What about the technology is NFC, but what we're really talking about is the ability to pay for your stuff with Apple Pay or Google Pay at the checkout at a store. Not all phones have that. Not all phones have that, and certainly a lot of the lower-end phones still do not have that capability. So if you are shopping and that's important to you, you definitely want to make sure that your the phone you're looking at can, can support it. Now, all modern generation iPhones have it, right on down to the iPhone SE can do Apple Pay, but on the on the Android side of things, not all of the super cheap or even some of the mid tier phones don't don't support Google Pay. So yeah, that's it's all higgly piggly over on the Android side. <laughs> right. If you had asked me this a year ago, like is is wireless payment essential? I would have said no, absolutely not, because there's still a lot of places that don't take it. And how hard is it to whip out your credit card? Now, in pandemic times, it's kind of a different animal. Like, I almost feel like wireless pay with your phone is is pretty important. Well, I would have disagreed with last year's Rick anyway, and I often do disagree with <laughs> with current Rick. Past, past president, future. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I consider it absolutely essential, and I can't, um, I can't even think of a store or a restaurant that I've been in in the last three or four years that didn't take mobile payment. So okay, that's crazy. Okay, you live in L.A., you live in L.A. You live in a very high-tech area. You know, here in Metro Detroit, I'm still kind of delighted anytime I say, oh, this place takes Apple Pay. All right, I'm <laughs> going to do that. And then I have to, like, pause to remind myself how it works. And you know, like, Wow. And then I have to awkwardly lean my face over the terminal so that Face ID will unlock my phone so I can use Apple Pay. And then I remember I'm wearing a mask, and it's not going to work anyway. Just hold so. the phone at an angle, Rick. You don't have to <laughs> lean over it awkwardly. All right, so since we're talking about kind of the higher tech aspects of it, there's the what, – what is the expression? The cow in the room. We, we have to talk about this moo cow, which is the selling point, I think, for Apple for the new iPhone 12, 5G. Do you need to get 5G in a phone? Yeah, wow. Okay, so this could be a whole different episode, and um, but it's not going to be because 5G has got to be the most boring technology to come down the pike in like, <laughs> the last 10 years. And I know that's heresy, uh, especially for one who works at CNET. I may be naive about this, but I feel like 5G is just – who cares? It's the inevitable next step. We'll get there. It, it'll be fine. Be nice to have it. But what is 5G really, Dave, except Wi-Fi? that goes with you like in other words it's super high speed internet when you go out of the house or you go out of the office right am i right or am i wrong no you're you're essentially right it's just faster cellular connectivity it's the next step we went from 3g to 4g lte now we've got 5g and 
here's here's my take on this because I substantially agree with you. 5G isn't for us, Rick. It's not for consumers. Really, the heart, the meat of 5G is it's for infrastructure. It's for automation. It's for wireless cars. It's for industry. It's places that need to have high-speed wireless connectivity to build up their internet of things. That's where it's really going to shine. For us, my LTE coverage is already fast enough. I can, If I'm sitting in the car waiting for my food order to come at a drive-thru, I, I don't know, I'm just making up <laughs> scenarios now, it, and I can bring up YouTube and watch a video. That's fine. It's yeah. fast enough. I don't need 5G yeah. for that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. That was ex- going to be my example as well. Like if you're if you're a commuter, remember when we used to have commuters? Uh, maybe they would get on a train or a bus and they're going to and from work. Tell and, me more, Grandpa you know, Rick. <laughs> in the before times. Um, And so maybe, yeah, you want to watch YouTube, you want to watch TikTok or whatever, and maybe the bandwidth wasn't quite there. You'd go through a pocket of town where, you know, the 4G service wasn't great or whatever. Okay, now 5G kind of takes that problem away, okay? And you have really high-speed access everywhere all the time. Except it's not really everywhere because the infrastructure of 5G is still very, very much only in kind of big cities and it's it's – has and it's even coming. super thin, even in city. Here in LA, I recently got a 5G enabled laptop, and I had to drive across town to find a node where the 5G actually worked. Exactly my point. So, what I think is that we're still a couple years minimum away from 5G saturation to the point where it's it's important that your phone have it. Anybody who's looking at the iPhone 12 and thinking, "Well, I got to have a 5G phone now." No, 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 you don't. <laughs> okay, you just don't need it. And and similarly, you know, I posted a deal last week about the Samsung Galaxy S20, which was on sale for like hundreds of dollars below its regular price, which kind of actually supports my argument that you should always wait after a phone is released because you'll get it for much cheaper down the road. Somebody pointed out, and I correctly misidentified this, that this was not a 5G version of that phone. But I don't care. I don't think it matters. Uh, I should have mentioned that because I just missed it. But it's just not going to be a factor. It's not going to be important to most people for at least a couple years. So don't let that be a driving force for you while you're trying to decide what phone to buy next. You concur? Yes, I agree. So let me ask a question to you. Is there a specific feature or capability that does make the difference for you when choosing a phone? Well, it's so it's crazy. There, there's one, I told you before, I'm an iPhone owner and I struggle with it because, yeah, they're crazy expensive and I feel like not the cheapskate when I buy an iPhone. But there is one key thing that I kind of feel like I cannot live without, and it's the stupidest thing, but it's iMessage. It's Apple's messaging system. I really like it. I just really like the way iMessage works. I I don't even want to get into all the details about why I think it's better than Google's messaging system or straight up texting or whatever. I just like it. Everybody in my family has iPhones. And so for us to go from like one of us is on Android and one's on iPhone, you you know, you know what happens when that happens, right? You got blue bubbles and green bubbles and (laughs) just, I can't, I can't live like that. So you keeping track of two different colored bubbles in your messaging app (laughs) is like me 
not wanting to plug in my phone to charge it. So, like, when I'm texting with an Android user, I don't see the little three dots appear that indicates that they're typing a response and to me. And how does that I make your life different? I mean, if just, you know that someone is writing a reply, does it make your chocolate taste sweeter? Does it I, make I your know. coffee less bitter? Was, I told you it was stupid. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I Seriously, though, I mean, when I have thought about like, oh, you know what? This this new Moto phone is fantastic and it's 300 bucks. Why, in a, why would I spend hundreds more, trip, double, triple on an iPhone? Invariably, I go back to iMessage. And I really wish Apple would release iMessage for Android. And then maybe they know that there's a lot of people clinging to well, iPhone that for that reason. that is never going to happen. I would oh, stake my reputation on that. <laughs> Let me flip the question and ask you, why are you still an iPhone user? Why, why would you spend all this extra money? I like the UI. I like the operating system of iOS. I, I'm just more comfortable there. It comes down to something that I've said a lot about the difference between iPhone and Android, which is the iPhone is designed and Android is engineered, and it feels that way. It's the, it took a bunch of features, and they threw it in, and they didn't think much, very hard about how they all work together. The iPhone is designed top to bottom. It's a, it's a more elegant experience, and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, you know, again, I think I, I don't want to go too much further into this because we could talk about you know Android versus iOS all day long. And the point here was to illustrate, I think, that for the average user – Unless it's really the camera that you're seeking, like just the best possible camera that you can get, bar none, there's just no other good reason to spend that kind of money on a phone. And so here's going to be my, my recommendation. If you're looking for an iPhone right now, like an iPhone upgrade, and you're, you still, you're still using an iPhone 7 or 8 or even a 6, like my brother-in-law, if you're looking for the ideal upgrade right now, it's the iPhone XR, which was the price uh, with the iPhone 12 coming out. They cut prices on previous models, so the iPhone XR now starts at $499. That is the best iPhone deal ever in the history of iPhones. That is a reasonable price for a very, very good phone. How does that compare to getting the iPhone SE? So the SE is just smaller. I just, I, I can't understand the people who want small phones. It's not bezel-less either. It still has a bezel, uh, top and bottom, which I don't like. The 10R I think, has a six-point-something-inch screen, and yet it's still pocketable. And it's got very decent camera built in. It's plenty fast. The screen's gorgeous. It does everything an iPhone does. I think for most people who don't want to spend more than 500 hours of phone, it's a no-brainer. And if you can find one that's like refurbished for, you know, 350 bucks, have at it. Because again, just killer, killer deal. Okay, so what if an iPhone is not the priority? It's like, I just want an affordable, inexpensive, good quality phone. Yeah, so for that, I would probably steer people at the Samsung Galaxy A51, which is, I think, really the counterpart to the iPhone XR, and it's 400 bucks. You can often find a, a deal on it selling for less. That would be my recommendation. I mean, it's a Samsung phone, so, I mean, it's still uh, one of the premium brands. Beyond that, I don't... I'm going to turn everybody over to a couple of CNET articles where some of the uh, phone experts at CNET have looked at the various models at various different price points. 
We'll include links to the show notes, but there's a great roundup of the best phones under $500. There's another one of the best phones under $200, which, yes, believe it or not, people, you can get yourself a damn decent phone for 200 bucks or less. So, um, like I said, check those links out. And as always, we would love to know your thoughts on this. Are we insane thinking you can get a $200 phone and be happy with it? Must you spend $1,000 to get a, a decent phone? Let us know what you think. Send your thoughts to cheapskateshow at cbsinteractive.com. Last week on our Best Under 20, Rick, you talked about a ping pong game, right? A little portable ping pong set. So yes. that inspired me because this week I have one of my favorite card games that costs under 20 bucks and I wanted to share it with you. Have you ever played Exploding Kittens? Oh, Dave, I'm calling PETA right now. I'm insulted. This this game is awesome. So if you've never seen it, it's actually drawn by the same folks that do the oatmeal, the, the webcomic, the oatmeal. And so it has that same kind of aesthetic. The idea, it's super simple. It's a card game. Essentially, you simply draw cards until you draw an exploding kitten and you die. And the last person in the game who has not died wins. So you draw cards and maybe you can defuse your exploding kitten or you can attack other players. But at its essence, you're basically playing explosive laden cat Russian roulette. <laughs> Tell me more. That's it. And it costs oh. <laughs> 20 bucks. It's actually that I don't know if all of the boxes come this way, but this was originally a Kickstarter project and my Kickstarter box, when you open it, it has a little electronic doohickey in it like you'd get with an electronic greeting card. So when you open the box, it meows. <laughs> I don't know if they all do that now, but I fingers crossed that if you get it, it'll do that. So we'll put the link to where you can get this on Amazon. It's $20. I love Exploding Kittens. It's a great little game for families sitting around the table during a pandemic or after the pandemic's over, you know, game night when you have friends over. <laughs> uh, oh, man, I hope we can do that again sometime soon. So worth noting here, I was just looking up Exploding Kittens, and you're right, it's on. it sells for 20 bucks, but it does occasionally go on sale for 15 bucks or even less. So as we get close to Black Friday and the holidays, it's very possible that you'll be able to pick it up for even less. So keep your eyes peeled. Set up an alert, everybody. Yeah, and around the time that you get Exploding Kittens on sale for Black Friday, maybe you can pick up its companion game, You've Got Crabs, at the same time. <laughs> now, that sounds made up. No, it's real. There are a number of very cute, clever card games that are all made by the same oatmeal folks. And Exploding Kittens, You've Got Crabs, there's a couple of others I don't remember the name of. Oh, okay. I see it now. It's, it's literally called You've Got Crabs by Exploding Kittens. <laughs> as, though, as though Exploding Kittens had authored that game. <laughs> yeah, Exploding Kittens is now sentient. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a great recommendation. And thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. We will be back again next week with more deals and more money-saving advice. In the meantime, you can find daily deals by visiting cnet.com slash cheapskate and following us on Twitter at Cheapskate Blog or Facebook at Cheapskate Rick. 
You can also sign up for our all-new deal alerts by texting 415-878-5807. And if you like what you've heard here today, or hey, if you, even if you don't, we would be very grateful for a rating or review on your preferred podcast platform. So until next time, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay cheap.